Oh man, this song takes me back. This song takes me back, man. So I asked you this question earlier, Dexter. What was the first song that grabbed you? Hip hop wise, what was the first one? Uh, that's a tough one. I I got a few, honestly. Crisscross and jump jump. <laughs> Shit. Did you have backwards pants? I tried to. I tried to. I was a big uh, Hammer fan too. But uh, I would say one that just really had me had me going for hip hop, man, was a uh, Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. I remember being in second grade, and my uncle, who I felt like was like a brother to me, him getting ready for going to school, man, and him playing Gin and Juice. I remember his pants and shit, boy. I was like, nigga, Snoop Dogg, who is this? Hey, nigga, I, got, I remember a funny story about your uncle, but I'm gonna come back to it later. But uh, I'm not that one, other one. Which one? Not Tony. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. I'm talking about Tony. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah okay, funny okay, story. Okay, okay, okay. He was like watching us one day, right? Yeah. I'll go and go talk about it right now. And look, we were <laughs> <laughs> that seems weird, weird bit pedophilic. He was yeah, watching us one well, day. He was babysitting, nigga. Oh, okay. he, he, went there. <laughs> he really was babysitting your. Uh, Little kids, little bit, yeah, 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 I got you. We were fine by ourselves, but uh, uh, he was watching. He tried to wash dishes, put them in the dishwasher, mm-hmm. and he put actual dishwasher oh, liquid. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That shit foamed everywhere, nigga. Yeah. He's like, he was like, man, he know, he know, man. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Next? <laughs> <laughs> fuck, the fuck is watching us? <laughs> oh man, goddamn dipshit. Yeah, well, uh, no, nah, see the one that got me. Yeah, it, it really just like grabbed me for real, man. It was a um, motherfucking uh, Night by Nature OPP. Mm. Yeah. And the the reason why it grabbed me, because my mom heard me singing it in the car, and she was like, You like this song, baby? I was like, This song came out, I was probably five, six years old. Did you like that song, baby? I was like, Yeah, I like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I also liked classical music back then when I was a little kid, too. Don't, don't judge. Don't judge me. I've always been a music connoisseur. But uh, she bought me the clean version from, uh, at that time, Walmart was not selling them. I don't think Walmart was selling really music this then, but uh, Beat, no, was it Bebop? What was in, no, what was in the mall at the time, the uh, record store? It, it wasn't, we, we, never had goody, a, we never had a Sam Goody down here. It was something else. Ah, oh, damn. It wasn't Sam Goody. It was something, man. Anyway, they had a clean version there. Sit sit right next to it. But it was a single. That's what niggas bought back then. Cassette singles. And nigga, my mom bought that for me. And that was after that. And I I think that's the moment I may have fell in love with hip hop. No pun intended for um, what's the movie? Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar. There it is. No, No pun intended. Shout, shout out to Sonalate the fine ass. <laughs> hey, look, they were talking. Hey, do you remember the time you fell in love with hip hop? Well, it was when uh, Tango Crew and Good French Crew was about to. <laughs> he, he was like, no, 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 no. When did you fall in love with hip hop? I, you know, I hated it. I hated that uh, Tay Diggs re- referred to himself as hip hop. But, uh, you know. Still yeah. lie. Still lie. That was wrong. <laughs> Remind me, nigga, shit. I, I ain't seen the movie in years. Stella got a groove back. He was like, he was like oh, Stella. Stella. <laughs> that was his coming out party. No, Stella. His coming out party. <laughs> <laughs> should, should, should cue uh, the, the song. Um, now, 
Hey man, it's a, it's a big week in the in the world, man. Um, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has finally passed away. Well, <laughs> you know, what I mean, man, it, it sucks, dude. She's a, a pioneer suck. icon, you know, for for women's rights and equality. Uh, I know she's big in my household. Shit, so you know, shout out to oh, RBG. RBG, that my dog, RBG, man. Oh, uh, you know, so. I know a little about her. Not enough. I want to speak on her, but I yeah, we uh, we lost a pioneer, man. Especially having somebody on this side of the damn rope, like shit. She she was she was all about equality, man. And uh, this drinks for her right now. Ruth Bader, right here, Dexter. We're here with it, man. You gonna leave me? Yeah. Anywho, uh, drink champs ain't got shit on us. Fuck with me, Noriega, and another guy that be on the show with him. <laughs> I don't use that people's names. I don't know the names. I know Noriega. Oh man, damn man, this is a uh, uh, this is episode number eight of the Good Guys Podcast. I'm Dexter. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my nigga, hey, he fucked up. Uh, I'm Dexter, aka Dizzle. No, I'm Dexter. Yeah, this is um, this is episode eight. A.K.A. Ocho A.K.A. Chad Johnson And I'm also Dexter Hey man That can only be one <laughs> Nah for real This is episode number 8 This is uh, Kenny Dexter over here with me man We over here trying to drop another for y'all real quick man uh, I don't know how much longer Dexter's gonna be with me Oh god he's, Yeah he's, you a 30 boy he's, like he's, that He trying to leave man He trying to leave yeah, you, you know the Breakfast Club And uh and brilliant idiots is calling, and uh, sports center is calling your boy. So I might, I might hop on that shit. I don't know. It depends if, if the figures is right. If the figures is right, nigga, you broke. You might well jump on this shit. Well. Yeah. Then they need uh, bring that money back to the, to, to the to the to the crib. Yeah, we're gonna infiltrate, educate, then vacate. Ah, uh, tell them again, Dexter. We're gonna infiltrate. We're gonna educate, and then we're gonna vacate, my brother. But no, uh, let's let's discuss relationships, man. This week, man, um, I, I think you've been wanting to be on that lately, man. You know, it's been man, a hot I topic think, lately. I, I, I think it's important. I think <laughs> there's been some misconceptions on, on both ends. Uh, I really wish we had a female guest on right now. Yeah, Maybe next week we'll, we'll, we'll have one. Up. Maybe we'll have one on next week to get a female's perspective. Yeah, excuse me. So we'll hit on it a little bit right now, and then we'll bring it back. Uh, uh, there's a lot to be said, you know. I was, you know, me personally being the uh, uh, curator of this podcast, I was trying to hold off as long as I could from uh, the subject of I need to though Not relationships. Um, I am, like I say, I'm gonna just keep it real with everybody. Uh, all right, you know, I'll let you in on everything we got going on. You know, and I feel like I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I listen to a lot of podcasts that my friends also have. And that's always a topic of discussion. And it's an easy topic to get into. Everybody uh, got an opinion on it. Everybody has an opinion on it. And I would rather have some guests around when we do it. Because we're dudes. And we're going to give dude opinions. And they're going to be fucked up. And I, I I would like to have somebody here to check me. <laughs> but, like I said, we can hit on a little bit, though, man. So, what you had, Dexter? No, I just, like I said before, I think it's a misconception. I think, uh, honestly, the the biggest... 
deterrent in relationships, but I think it's communication, the lack thereof. Uh, I want I want you to feel what I'm feeling. You want me to feel what you're feeling. I know you, you hear people say all the time, you know, treat me how I want to be treated or try treat me how you want to be treated. But honestly, I feel this should be the other way around. I want you to treat me how I want to be treated. And, you know, we wouldn't know that unless I tell you, you know. So I think communication is key. I think a lot of time that communication breaks down quickly and you basically you assume things you should never assume. The only thing better than understanding is a better understanding. Yeah, man, so I feel like uh, with communication, um, this is the problem. This is the problem I have, Liz. I can't really explain it to everybody else. I've been trying to figure out, and I finally came to a head with it. Uh, uh, you know, about my own personal communication issues. And my thing is, I don't know what to communicate. It, it, does it make sense to you? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, and I can't help but think that, okay, I'm not the only person that has this issue. And you're not, brother. And I can communicate with everybody else very well. But, you know, when it comes to my own personal relationship, it's, it's a little more difficult. And it really just comes down to I don't know what to communicate. Like, what do I say this? Do I keep that to myself? You know? And I was talking to another friend of mine. And she was like, she over communicates. She just overdoes it. Like, fuck it. Like, it is what it is. And I was thinking to myself, is that a approach that I could take? And uh, and I still come back to it. What would I communicate though? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like me being what I am, we talked about uh, uh, personalities traits last week. And my personality traits is that I also. Uh, I keep shit. I mean, I keep. I don't, I don't say keep shit, much, keep shit to myself, but I internalize a lot of things, you know. And most men do, but my character, my personality, for one, man, it's like I'm constantly analyzing shit, but I don't talk about it. It's weird. Like if I had to show you my thoughts on paper, it would literally be a six year old scribbling on some paper. In the middle of that would be my thoughts. It would be like. Okay, this is what I want to say. And then be a bunch of shit around it. It's a bunch of scribbles, like for real. And uh I can't help but think that's like a common problem with everybody, man. And and the only thing I can say is you could probably start just by you know, uh we I think when people talk they get a uh, a gut feeling. Something happens mentally, there's something there. And in in those moments when you are wanting to to communicate those awkward feelings, those ones that you probably need to communicate. You need to put those, those ones you need to put out there. And, you, you know, your mind's telling you, oh, you keep to yourself. I think that's all it is. It's like a defense mechanism for being honest and being open. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. What's your take on it, man? Well, I would, uh, I would also say that it's a good thing that you had this podcast. I think it's an opportunity if you have a platform to basically – Use it as a verbal journal. You say what you feel, when you feel like it. Just cut the mic and hit record. Cut the mic on and hit record. So this is a good outlet. Um, but I think you got to be honest to a certain extent. Extent. If you're feeling something, you got to say it. If you feel like it's necessary, say it. If you don't, say it in a way. I mean, it's best that your partner knows where you're coming from, what's on your mind, then you keep it to yourself because it's gonna. Constantly build up, build up, and uh, you're gonna basically a a 
dirt pile is going to turn into a mountain. You know, and you're going to blow up. You don't want that. Just get this stress off you. Communicate it. Move on. At least they know where you're coming from. They can never say you never told them, you know. So um, I, I am one for communicating. So, I mean, do you feel like you have always been an uh, excellent communicator? Fuck no. I find it hard to believe, man. No. Get that going. Fuck no. I'm one of the worst. Really? One of the worst. So you mean like uh, relationship-wise with? All around. All around. Check my really? pro- Check my profile. Well, people please a lot of shit I keep to myself. Um hmm. especially well, with I guess you never been like that with me. I have. You have? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nah. I, I wouldn't know. Okay. I have. I know. Because that's the, that's the kind of relationship I got. That's kinda of my thing, what I do. Yeah, I have. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um But what you just revealed to me. After hearing what I revealed to you Is why I keep it to myself Because if you know She's like I never knew that Because we got a great relationship mm. And there's nothing that That's Keeping killing me And bothering me And I can You know I move on from more I say okay That's cool Whatever But yeah I mean it's not worth Saying sometimes But I thought you know, why, why did Kenny do that Or why Why is that No made That decision made mm. Yeah it's no different um, Cause I don't know It's just who I am If I feel it I'm gonna say it But if not If I could <clears throat> but um, in my personal relationship, yeah, man, a lot of shit was keeping myself, and now I don't give a shit. I care, but you know, I um, I'm a lot more open. I say, I say what I feel, because I, I've been in situations where I didn't say anything. Over time, shit kept going and going and going, and I looked up and I'm like pissed the fuck off, and I'm like, why aren't you getting that you aren't doing enough? Why aren't you getting that you're you know pissing me off? Why aren't you getting this? But she don't know because I ain't told her. You know, and when I told her, she she constantly she consciously has made efforts to change, and that's all you can ask for. Ask for. Well, um, I guess my uh, outside of my personality trait, my uh, issue with it comes from also uh, extreme anxiety. I have very bad anxiety, and I feel like uh, people. Just don't give a shit, and I feel like I care more. And so it's like, okay, I'm gonna tell you what I need, I don't want, or blah, blah, blah. blah. And uh, I just, I feel like people just—they're not gonna care. You know, it don't have to be who I'm with; it can be anybody, even you. That's like, oh, I mean, shit. Why don't tell this shit? Hey, you know, listen, this nobody give a shit. You know, uh, and I'll, I'll find other ways to to deal with it, but. Uh, I've been working on me personally, and I know I can't be the only person that feels like this. This is like a lot of stuff. Nah. Like over last year or two, it's been just like been uh, realizing, and uh, it's it's you know it's made it easier for me to communicate. You know, in my relationship, in my life, you know, family, whatever. And uh, and it's not necessarily that I should feel like they shouldn't give a shit. Really, I shouldn't give a shit and just say what the fuck. Just say mm-hmm. what the hell it is I'm thinking Because at the end of the day I mean If you don't like it You don't like it mm. Fuck you mm. You know that, There's a There's a There's a There's a good piece of uh, Of saying fuck you And if you add that to your shit And that's also in the book um, uh, What's the book The, the orange cover uh, uh, Don't give a fuck uh, The subtle art of not giving a fuck mm-hmm. It, it kind of hits on that in that book man 
and uh, I, I didn't employ everybody to read that also. I think a lot of people have already, but uh, yeah, that damn book, it had you not giving a fuck about life. Also, be careful with it. But um, you, you just, you can't care. Like, you know, you have to have some selfishness in your life to communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, had, I've taken classes on com- effective communication, but uh, these same classes don't teach you how to com- communicate in your life. You know, I'm getting paid for it. I'm the fucking best communicator ever in the fucking world, but mm-hmm. shit don't count, man. You got to do it in your personal life. That's where it counts. That's where it really counts, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and people, I mean, as people listen to podcasts, they know me, don't know me. Um, even the ones that know me, they're going to hear this podcast and be like, God damn, he's really open. Yeah, this is, uh, I've, I've created my own platform, you know, so I can be this open. Mm-hmm. I can talk. Control the button. I, I, Literally. I can fucking edit this shit, and I and I edit, but I edit minimal. Most of the bullshit that we say ends up on the podcast. Mm. I edit out bullshit sounds and stuff. Somebody dropped a glass. I edit that shit out. But like this right here, like I really try to be honest as I can because you know, it's for the world at this point. I'm just trying to work on me. This is helping helping me get to that point where I can be more honest and communicate. Mm-hmm. Like you want to say something? Go ahead. No, um, I think you you're on the roll, man. You're doing a good job. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but um, I don't want to get too far off on the relationships either. Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel. Yeah, um, I, I really do. I feel like a lot of times that uh, at our 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 spouses, significant others, they don't understand. They don't empathize with, with a a man's most men's personality of being a, a caretaker or, or, or um, you know a. Um, Providing a, a a tranquil situation for his family protection, you know, whether it's financially, physical protection, just protection, you know, and that role we uh, we take over. Um, I know from my personal experience, even from my friends' experience, like if, if there's something to be done, we try to be problem solved to the best of our abilities. And when you try to do all you can, and it seems like it's not enough, or you feel like you're coming home and the smallest thing that you ask or you request and it's not being done, or you think should be done just out the strength of what you're doing already to be reciprocated when it ain't it's frustrating i feel like women don't understand that man i feel like they they take it as well i i didn't know you didn't tell me or or you know what am i supposed to do you know it's it's just i don't know it's just not a good environment for for a a man most men who are sacrificing a lot who are basically taking Everything on their shoulders, the burdens on their backs, and everything. You know, we we we're making all kinds of sacrifices and we're allowing women to be free and to to prosper. And when it doesn't seem like it's being reciprocated or being uh, appreciated, you know, we blow up and a lot of shit starts off. A lot of arguments starts. You know, a lot of heated discussion starts, and it's not good. So, like I said, I wish one we had a woman's perspective. Maybe next yeah, week we can get somebody on there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I would, I would like to get a rebuttal on that, but I know a lot of men feel that way. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, shit, man. I, I'm, I, I really can't go. I can't go into any more than that, man. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, hey, you know something off the topic though. It's kind of yeah. on topic. Off topic. I read a book, man, a few years ago. Everything about book. What, what was it called? Conversations with God, and it had a good, a good perspective on how who ruled the earth at one point. And I kind of agree with it. It said, "According to at one point, women ruled the earth." And the thing they kind of threw it off or, 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 or flipped the sides was that a undesirable man created 
the fear of protection. Because if you think about it, what do you what do you have what do you have on a woman? If all things are equal, what do you have on a woman? Uh, a dick. <laughs> well, no, I was there. A dick. I'm, well, <laughs> I'm just saying, that's it. I mean, physical uh, brute strength. If, yeah, y'all, if all things are equal, you just you outmuscle them. You're strong with them. You know. So, an undesirable man who wasn't getting the attention, the affection that a desirable man was getting, you know, created the fear of you need protection from a man, and that in turn, you know, soured the bunch of of, of that society and created this thing where men are more power more. Needed or, or more powerful than women, and I don't know it's weird, but I, I kind of agree with it because I'm not. Women had this kind of this 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 calmness about them, even though you, you said they're emotional. But most all women, all women I know, honestly, for the no, no, most women that I know, they they can be emotional, but when it comes down to like really doing shit, and they ain't got nowhere to turn. Like they they handle their shit. Like they literally like they'll buckle down, even the emotional ones. They'll buckle down, do what they got to do, you know, with a, you know, with a smile on the face and everything, get the shit done. And they're, I don't know, I, I like their perspective. That's so, uh, yeah. so uh, you know, get your opinion on this. Then, so has society built women to be uh, a weak? Then I think so. I think so. I think it, it is. I think this whole you know, women are pretty. The Barbies has has. Fucked us up, really, because I and, I and I don't know if there's anything to do with it, but I think about this all the time. Like I have, I have several nieces, nieces, and my my ideal world, I would love to teach them all how to defend themselves in a fight. Because I don't like my my fear with my my nieces is that a, a nigga's gonna beat their ass, uh, rape them, or you know do something unsavory to them. But that's only because they feel like it's an easy win. They can do it. Like they're not fucking with Ronda Rousey. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, you yeah, ain't fucking fuck around. I said you ain't fucking with her because you yeah. can't. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, there's no fear in her. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But one, you you fear for your 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 cousin, your daughter, your sister, or whatever, because you feel like she's helpless or she physically can't defend herself. Like I remember when I was on the road a few years ago, man. I was uh, doing a, pro- a program. And one of my coworkers, this older gentleman, and uh, that day his daughter is happened to be there. Well, his thing is. 13 or 14 year old daughter happened to be there and um, unbeknownst to me she knew fucking karate she knew how to fight mm-hmm. and so we were at the uh, little signing table or some shit and uh, one of the guys that he knows like a co-worker or something he made some snark comment at his daughter which I don't know what the fuck he did that but he did it and the guy was like are you not worried about your daughter and he's like no I'm really worried for you because she's gonna fuck you up and I was saying that shit is real like yeah. he, he had no fear in the world for his daughter because she's gonna fuck him up yeah you know, so that's 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 deep. Like I think a lot of women, who I think a lot of the fear we have for women, a lot of that that concern about them being princesses or being delicate, we go out the window. We teach them how to defend themselves. I just I just really do. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you mentioned this shit. Okay, uh, I watched Mulan today. Oh, I want to see that. Oh, shit. Mulan. Hey man, hey, those were my um, favorite cartoons back in the day. Yeah, it, it was, was good. Real, then yeah. in the new movie is. Uh, I think it's better, like nigga. I ain't gonna fucking lie. It's really good. Shout out to Mulan. It's definitely a women empowerment video. But what what you what you said just then? It's a movie, old nigga. Yeah, that picture show. (laughs) 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 We're gonna watch it in black and white. Watch the words go go across the screen. Hey, (laughs) Grady. But uh, um, uh, Mulan's father, um, it, it it really hit on it. 
um, at the end of the video, at the end of the video, end of the movie, um, he felt like he had failed his daughter because he had taught her how to fight. Mm. It was man, it was deep. Like watching that that end scene, I was like, damn. That's like it. it I mean, because he introduced her to that world, and uh, it, and he kind of felt the ways, and then. His last thing he told her was like, you know, a warrior knows a warrior, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he was fighting that because he knew his daughter was a fucking warrior. Yeah, he he knew it. Mm-hmm. It just it just matches up what you just said just then, like with just with the um, uh, but uh, just with family and yeah, you know, raising your even male raising a daughter and shit, mm-hmm. you know. And he created a fucking warrior. You know, it was in her already, though. If he was trying to create it and she was weighing, swaying away from it, it'd be one thing. But she held on to it and hard. Like, nigga, she, I, I want to join the fucking army. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ain't nobody going to fucking stop me. Fucking that damn, that damn mindset of uh, I'm going to go get it. Women have that. Mm-hmm. They they do, bro. I'm telling. You, I, in my honest opinion, I think the only one we have on them is physical capabilities. Yeah, like literally, shit. like WME Bay, yeah. they can't dunk. I mean, yeah. this shit, they fast. But you know, something's crazy. If I was like with my, like I said, my niece don't have any any kids, but I would really no no bullshit. I would teach them how to love before I taught them how to fight, though, because I feel like remember we asked you earlier, what, like what's a warrior's greatest goal? And I told you the answer is peace. I think yeah. that's most important. Like I think. If you go to any self-defense class, they'll let you know, like, I'm teaching you how to survive, not yeah. how to whoop nobody ass. Yeah. Like, if you can run, run the fucking way. Because I don't want you fighting somebody who got a fucking pistol. I don't want you fighting somebody just to be fighting. Like, no, if you can leave the situation, leave. And uh, it, honestly, since I've been start, I've been doing the boxing shit. Try like, Jesus. Yeah, try Jesus. Don't, don't try me. <laughs> yeah. Be, <laughs> don't, don't. Look for a fight, but if one shows up, be prepared. You know, uh, honestly, since I've been boxing, man, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a lot more calmer. Like, I don't, I'm not emotional or fearful. I'm not, I'm just chilling. You know what I'm saying? If something happens, it happens, but I'm not really concerned about it. You know what I'm saying? It's not that I'm, I'm not so ready to do something. You have to be like water. Yeah, like, like old Bruce. <laughs> but yeah, but no, definitely, fundamentally wise, I would make sure all my nieces, if I could, if it, this wasn't me, obviously, I ain't their parent, but. Hey, love. Learn how to love. Learn how to love because that's more important. Learn how to fight. Like you know, you have compassion. You won't be too rough, but also learn how to fight. When it's time to whoop some ass, be be ready. You know, to stay on the front line and don't go. No, don't don't have nobody take no take was yours. You yeah, know. Yeah. So, but now you gotta you gotta have a healthy balance. And, and, and you know, um, that's a natural instinct for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So survival, mm-hmm. especially when when, when family is. Uh, Concerned mm-hmm. Women are Women go hard nigga That's mm-hmm. why You know uh, Who was that uh, J. Cole said uh, He was What song was that uh, Damn I want to find this shit Real quick Hold on Let me find this shit Okay I find it It's right here More than So right there, that's what I was talking about, man. He said, he's like, you ain't doing no bid for me. You know, he's happy, he's happy that he has a woman that ain't going to do no bullshit like that. But that is part of the strength of women. Like, that, yeah, I mean, that is part of the strength. There is like women that would do that shit. 
And it's it, not the smartest thing. But, nigga. It's not the smartest thing. I mean, I, I have never had thought in my head about uh, if if my woman did some shit and I'm going to take the bid. Like, man, hell no. Now, would I do it for my family, for my kid? Yeah, probably so. I'll probably do some bullshit then. But it's like, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to put my woman in, in that Space anyway, so they, you know you're talking about different people and just, just whole different set of people we're talking about right now is uh uh they come from a different world, but I you know I just you know wouldn't do that. But anyway, outside of that, the fact that women have this strength in them to say fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ape shit for my damn family. Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, all right, I did it. I sold those drugs. You know, you feel me? <laughs> I sold those drugs. Uh, uh, officer, I did it. Those are my drugs. I, I give you no example, man. And he's like, and women are women are strong, man. Like, okay, uh, this one time, got diesel. Uh, I think you went with me, but I went to the movies, God, and uh, my mom worked across the street. She had two jobs at the time, and she was at the Jewish park, the Jewish store. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Were you there? You went with me. I remember she worked there. Anyway, uh, we bought tickets and at the time. Um, the way things were set up back then, yeah, they'll sell tickets to a damn baby if they could. Mm-hmm. And whether you were old enough to get in the theater to watch that movie is a whole other issue. And we bought tickets to see. I can't remember the damn movie. I didn't know the movie was rare. RJ Truth. It was some silly ass funny movie, whatever. And oh, scary movie or something. Yeah, I think it was scary. Maybe a scary movie. Um, we get to the door, me and some of my friends, and we have tickets. And there wasn't nobody there to buy them with us. We just, one more tickets. Well, we see this movie. It's not like one of those things. It's a funny-ass movie. We get the subject matter. It's, you know, uh, and they wouldn't let us in. And the movie had started. I'm like, man, we can't go in this movie there at all. And it just happened. My mama called me. She was like, uh, y'all, y'all in the movie yet? I was like, no, they won't let us in. <laughs> and my mama, bought, my mama gave me the money to buy the tickets, buy my ticket and do the ticket. She was like, "Hey, I'm gonna hey, take this money. And I'll go to the movie." By the time I get out the movie, I'll be off work. It was early showing, you know, like get out, get out of here by nine o'clock, nine thirty. And uh, I told my mama that shit. She said, "Okay." And that's all she said. She said, "Okay." Oh. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, let me see, let me see." Hey, she said, "Okay," and nigga hung up. Nigga, five minutes later, my mom was at the theater. Uh, so they can't watch this movie, and she wasn't being belligerent, but that damn security guard was being any of this shit. She and she was ready to fight this motherfucker boy. I'm like, well, fuck. In my head, I'm like, it's just a movie. I mean, if it's this damn serious, I just you know. Carmen, come on. Come yeah, on. she's like, I'm gonna nah, fuck that shit. No, nah, they gonna see this damn movie. The fuck, like, why did y'all sell these fucking tickets then? Like, why, you know? I say, yeah, yeah. We have to start. As men, yes, uh, recognizing uh, the strength of the women, man, it's, and they do go hard. You know, I also say this to say this, and we have discussed it several times: the guidance that is needed. That pippin, I hate to call it that, man. Such a derogatory term. But there's some truth that is uh, sprinkled within the little term pimping. Don't be slipping on the pimping. 
It is, it is definitely there. Like, you know, you think about it. What Goda said, uh, is it a bitch or go down the track for you? <laughs> He's risking her life. <laughs> and just ring back some damn money. Like, that is something to be said about it, man. You know. But I think it's still all society driven, man. And uh, people have created this uh, a subsector of relationships, and and it basically spells out how men and women's relationships should go. And and basically, they end up not being our damn equals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not gonna last too much longer, though. Just too much access. Uh, like I told you about the Me Too movement. Like that's not gonna um, that that shit back in the day ain't gonna fly no more. Like Jay Z said, you know, you know this ain't back in the day, right? You know, this ain't this ain't the same, nigga. Like they have to, everyone has a voice now. You have access, you can share your stories and everything. So ain't no, uh, but you gotta come in and suck my dick for this movie part. You gotta suck my dick for this uh, for this record contract. That ain't happening no more. These hoes, these, these, I said these hoes, these women. <laughs> their own, <laughs> their, their, their own platform, you know, to, uh, to control oh. the narrative now. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm with it. I'm all for it, man. Like I said, I'm 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 secure in who I am. So, you know, I, ain't no, these women ain't no threat to me. I'm all about equality, man. Yeah, we all for it. Yes, uh, shout out to RBG. You, you can't be uh, an actual person who's against racism and other equality acts if you're not against equality for women. Also, for sure. You know, we we the biggest um, biggest um, corpus in that in that indication in that uh, sector too. You know, we want everybody to fight for our rights as black men. But when it comes down to our people, like our women and shit, we know we turn a blind cheek like everybody else, you know. So, yeah, we got, we got to stand up for them, man. Look out for them. Protect our black queens. Yeah, got to do that, man. Mm-hmm. Got to do it. Yes, sir, because I know I come from a strong, 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 strong woman. I get my hustle from her, nigga. Real talk. She'll go to war for you. Yeah, so that ain't no mind wheel. Just Damn talk real. about that. I'm ready to go to jail and I was near movie tickets, nigga. It was on. <laughs> That's up. Right or wrong. That's mama for you. Right or wrong, nigga. She riding. Yeah, nigga. But yeah. And so, with that being said, let's move on to the next topic in this. Uh, I, this is this is not a series, but uh, <laughs> we talking about women today. Uh, so, I had an interesting question. Uh, I mean, my bad. Let me take that country vernacular out of there. I had an interesting, uh, interesting question for you, Dexter. Mm-hmm. What has your mother taught you in your life? I mean, what is uh, the thing that you think kind of molded you that your mama put in your head? Oh, Mama Nat has taught me. Mama Nat has taught me so much. Uh, but off top, and perseverance is one thing. Perseverance mm. and hustle. Like I said, man. She has provided me, her and my dad has provided me like a great life. Uh, you know, as a kid, you don't really see all the struggles and sacrifices and hard work that takes in to give you life you live, you know. Uh, but as an adult, you see it firsthand because you go through it yourself. And, you know, just hearing stories about stuff that I didn't even witness when I was a kid, you know, for them to provide for me, it, it all makes sense. And put, it, and put life in perspective. And I would say the hustle I have now comes for her. I wasn't sure for the longest because she's always had like a, a really nice job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's changed many careers. She's always doing some shit. She's always 
looking for the next big thing. You know, um, she's a hustler, dude. She's a hustler. She's a grinder. And um, she perseveres a lot. Like, as we're doing, going through this real estate stuff, man, she's my business partner. And a lot of times when the shit, like, seems very overwhelming because I'm new to it. I know I, I talk a good game. I say I'm paying my tuition. Uh, it's the cost of doing business. You know, it's going to be all right. This, then the third. Nigga, the shit sucks some fucking days. Uh, but she right there. No lie. She's right there. She's like, it's going to be all right. I know you know you don't like, you know, you, you this ain't what you expected. You're upset, but it's going to be okay. Just gotta, we got to keep going. We got this. We got this. We're going to be straight. We're going to be good. And we're good. Like, I'm in a good place right now. The house is damn near finished. Uh, and she's right there the whole way, you know, stepping away. So, perseverance. Hey, why are you talking about that? Go ahead, and, go ahead and plug your company right quick. Oh, Morris Capital Investments, man. Uh, we flip houses. Shit, we, we wholesale, sell houses, rent them out, man. The goal, honestly, is to beautify Jackson. Uh, if you didn't know, all my, my Jackson uh, alumni or, or citizens is for sale, man, uh, for pennies on a dollar. Get some property. Try and get rid of it. My thing is, I think the white folks are trying to uh, down, not downplay, but um, lower the value of the, of the property, trying to, you know, uh, flip it over on his head, get you out of Jackson so they can come in and soup it up. So get you some land, get you some property. Uh, ain't lying you know? there, man. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of off topic, but um, I was talking to my cousin. Uh, this is a while ago mm-hmm. in California, and she was telling me about uh, uh, Crenshaw. And how uh, things are turning around in certain areas. It ain't the whole damn city, but certain areas. And uh, uh, I think we have been taught at some point that um, um, doing doing these upgrades in areas that are impoverished is a bad thing. It's really not, especially if you plan on being there. It's not. You got to sometimes present people with a positive aspect in their area to make them buy in. Yep. Um, change the culture. Yeah, change the culture, man. Because a lot of stuff that black people feel about um, the area they live is it's been taught. It's been through the media. It's it's been. It, it's not like it's some kind of conspiracy theory. It's just the black plight. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, black uh, white flight is a real thing. Um, black people being coming in and saying, "quote unquote," we ruin it is a, is a real thing. We don't ruin it. Uh, it ain't just us. I was I was talking to a guy one day who used to live in South Jackson, a white guy. He was telling me that it it, it, it ain't South Jackson now has been like the way it is. It has not been like that. Uh, he said uh, what happened for him. He thinks it was, it was a damn war. You talk to people who actually have some cognizant thinking behind life and things that go on, especially a white person. Who's not the status quo of what uh, you know a white person probably is probably sometimes. They have a different idea, and his was a damn war happened at the time. He said he's the older guy. He said folks left and came back. They didn't have shit. They just moved and they moved in places where it was cheap. Jackson was not a hard place to move into back in the day. It was relatively uh, a cheaper area at the time. North Jackson was harder to move into. You couldn't afford to live there it, it, in the seventies and eighties. So yeah, let's go to South Jackson. It was undeveloped. And I'm gonna move there. I'm gonna move to neighborhoods there. It's, it's just like Byram is right now. You know, Byram is, is growing. And that's that's like a damn subdivision of damn South Jackson at this point. But uh, anyway, back on topic. Uh, my mom, being a, you know, the great woman that she is, man, uh, she taught me compassion. Um, I, I think she has something to do with my um, 
excuse me, my um, personality trait. Uh, she taught me a lot of compassion just with with people, and, and that's kind of how she treated me. Also, she actually um, made me look at people in a way that uh, kind of shows the person. You know, yeah, uh, she always says this thing: you got to meet you got to meet people where they are sometimes. Um, and I mean, she's always instead of you know, if a, if somebody some kind of way, okay. See what's up with them. You ain't gotta just shun them. You ain't gotta treat them no type of way. Uh, and we as people naturally, we we don't want to we don't you don't want to fuck with some people if they have this uh, I guess funny thing about them that that you may or may not agree with. Uh, and she has taught me how to look past that. Um, I give uh, give you an example. Uh, I used to work at the YMCA. And, um, shout out to the Y. Shout out to the motherfucking Y man. Uh, I was a YMCA kid. I, I grew up at the Y, and I worked at the damn Y. Uh, typical summer job. A lot of people. Um, but I had the older kids, and I also volunteered to have the special needs kids also uh, when I got to work. So I get to work an hour early, and to give the special needs counselor for that kid, because each kid had their own counselor. But they had to take breaks too, and so what they would do, somebody volunteered to come in an hour early and get extra time. And uh, I don't think I, I wouldn't get the special needs pay dealing with those kids. Uh, but I, I had a special needs kid like for an hour swimming time, and it didn't bother me. I remember that kid. I, you remember what's his name? Uh, Pat, yeah. I probably need to black his name out. Anyway, uh, it was man. Uh, if because of those things that my mom instilled in me, I had no problem doing it. Like. And that, that, that kid showed me more. Pay just kick your ass. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, shit. That, that little nigga was all over the damn place. <laughs> I remember, remember Payton now. That was a fun time, man. It was uh, a fun time. Uh, and I, I, it's like, I, I feel like if I had not had that upbringing and the, uh, the, the insight of this, this compassion for people, uh, I probably like, oh, hell no! I want to keep. I want to do that shit because those people don't want to. There's uh, you can't tell me as a person, as anybody in this world, if somebody said, "Well, you need to take care of some special need kids today," there's some people that be like, "Oh hell no, yuck!" or some bullshit. You know, I was like, "Okay, I got it. Shit, I got them. Yeah, come, come on, man. Them kids show you so much damn love, man. It's it's different. Like you deal with little spoiled ass kids who fucking got every damn thing. You, you deal with a damn kid who who actually needs you. Oh, it's fucking different, man. They do something to you. Uh, Oh my god! Make it warm inside. Yeah, man, I don't know about warm, but uh, it do it, it changes your outlook on people, man. Change your outlook and your perspective on just dealing with people. And so, the compassion part, my mom told me, man, is just yeah, it has brought me a long way. Even in my current career, dealing being a manager and, and whatnot, uh, having that compassion, it take you a long way, especially getting stress out of random people, man. Yeah, that's why I need to have a business too. Mm. What am I have, Dexter? These nuts, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, man, man, this is just fucking forty minutes of talking about women. Mm-hmm. Give me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Got you this time off the hip. Fat chicks can't see their feet. I got a joke for you. <laughs> I have a joke right now. Oh, God. Mm. 
That's tough. That is tough, man. That is tough. It's tough, man. Ah, uh, well, I guess we uh at that point in the episode. Um, normally, we can't put this motherfucking mic down, mm. but uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and close. Before we close, I okay, wanna, uh, bring it back. Bring it back. Give two back. shout outs. So. This past week in Jackson, I took it upon myself to patronize a lot of local businesses. Uh, for mm. food wise, I spent a lot of fucking money on on, uh, on takeout. You about and, to plug some people? Yeah, about to plug the shit out of uh, takeout and uh, fast food, and that shit's unhealthy. So this week, I took it upon myself to eat at two local spots. The um, actually classmates of mine, I'm but nice to me, them motherfuckers can cook. <laughs> so. Let me get the import of the social media shit up too. So make sure y'all go follow them and order some damn food, man. All right, the first spot is going to be Nostalgia Catering Company LLC. My my partner Markeisha Wells, man. She did my meal prep for the week, dude. She she hooked me up. Man. One one day for lunch, she made me some crawfish and broccoli soup. That shit was banging. Nigga, she um the fuck else did she make me for? That was real special. Oh fuck uh, It was some Mississippi Yaki Maine Or mean That shit was good as fuck too Had like a little su- uh, Sunny yeah, side I, I started to stay the damn plate too shit bro, good, That man. shit was good as fuck Damn um, Last Saturday I actually had this uh, With this salad spot But it's special salads Like it's This motherfucker had Everything in this salad Including grapes And this shit was actually Fucking good I never had grapes In a salad before Yeah um, that's a common thing Shit I never had it yeah, that shit with ranch or marshmallows. Being a nigga right now. <laughs> Every nigga is a star. Let me pull up a shit on. Let me pull up a company. It is. She is Coretta Davis. So the name of the company is Taste of Grace. Taste of Grace Catering makes fucking bang out salads. Yeah. So follow them on Facebook and Instagram, man. Get some good food. Local food from Jackson. All right, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna segue off that for a second. So we got a new series coming up, and we're gonna incorporate it in the, uh, in the episodes going forward. Uh, I don't know how long we're gonna take it, but this is gonna be a series. So it's the end of the episode. We're gonna plug a black business. So I implore you, please come to About Head or Die or Decreates or the Good Guys Podcast Instagram page, and yeah, just DM us. Um, Whenever y'all hear this episode, I want if you're an owner of something, be that a business or a podcast, whatever it is, I want you to let us know what it is. I want to plug as many black people as I can, because as a black community, we all we got. I want to make sure that everybody has their spot in the, in the light right now, and I want to be a part of that. So uh, going forward from here, I guess we start today. This will be day one of um, of uh, plugging black businesses, man. Uh, and you know, I mean, shit. If you got something that you know, uh, it, it can be a white version too. Place made for black people's business right now. But you got somebody needs a business plug, bring it here. We'll we'll throw it in there somewhere. But black businesses series starts on this episode. Give them here. Let us know, please. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you being weird? <laughs> anyway, uh I'm gonna plug one real quick too. Um 
I got some family of mine, um, a close special person to me, um, and her sister. They have a mm. business um, that is, uh, I guess it's soaps and um, they have incense and they sell it on Etsy. It's Organolux. This is my uh, significant other's page on Etsy and her sister. Y'all check them out. They uh, hit them up quick if you into the soaps and the bath bombs and stuff, man. Look, hey, the the, the shit smells good. It feels good. I've tried some of them on my damn skin. I'm not in the bath box. I take shots. I'm a dude, but hey, hit them up or get a Lux. They're on Etsy, and if you want something and you you like it, hit it, get it because they shit sells out quick. I, it's fucking crazy. They fucking shit goes quick as a motherfucker. Uh. But with that being said, I think we have reached the end of the Good Guys Podcast. It's the end of the road. Yeah, I can let go though. Fuck that shit, man. Ready to be on the damn so. Um, hey, you know what? Adding that little, ad, you know, that fucking got us to where we need to be, man. We we right at our mark. Good job, Dexter. You know what? You're okay, man. This what I do, nigga. This what I do. Oh, okay. You done? Ain't never done. Give me that handle, Dexter. D creates D K R E A T E Z. It's your boy. Up. I need more followers. I'm begging <laughs> somebody help you get out. <laughs> Give it to him one time, man. D creates D K R E A T E Z on Instagram. All right. This is Ball Head or Die on Instagram also. And we're going to. Mr. Wet a Hose at because he ain't never wet a hose at. Oh, man. I'm where that wet ass pavement is, that wop. <laughs> You know that whopper get a nigga with a, with a with a bullet in the foot and the divorce papers. Quick, oh and what the word on the screen says. And this has been the Good Guys Podcast. Y'all holler at us. That's it. I'm not sure anymore Just how it happened before The places that I knew Were sunny and blue I can feel it deep inside This black nigga's pride